welcome, 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 everybody. The Lowest Ass Podcast, episode seven. I've got my good friend John here. I've got the Schiller as well in the studio today. How are you doing, man? Yo, banger, dude. We're vibing. I hope you guys are doing well. It's, uh, yeah, it's uh, doing well. <laughs> I was going to start talking about like the week or whatever, and I'm like, wait, who the hell cares about what's been going on? <laughs> Fair enough. How are, how are you doing there, John? Uh, I'm doing well. And hey, hey, Schiller, I care. So that, so there's one person. Oh yeah, dude. Listen, what about the way, see, I, I think like after going back, talking with family in general, and I know that it's kind of, you know, around the time of Thanksgiving and everything, it's interesting mm-hmm. when you come up with like topics of like what to talk about and what yeah. services, right. And you know, you go back to like a kid and I, I used to make fun of people being like, why does everybody talk about like the weather? Like, is there not anything better to talk about? And like, realistically, there's really not, but now with NFTs, holy hell, there's a lot of stuff that's <laughs> worth talking about. Exactly. Uh, and, and, and when you when you are that like the NFT or crypto person in the family and you go to a family gathering, like it's like, you know, top to bottom, the most random topics that they'll bring up to you. Like the like every every few days or so, my dad will text me something about Bitcoin. And I'm like, I don't really pay attention to Bitcoin that much because it's not my like sort of flavor of, of crypto or NFT. But, you know, that is his like understanding of like what the space is. It's like it's all congealed into one thing when it's like so many different sects. Well, not everybody's like super positive about it either. Like, I think that that's one of the things, at least in like a larger family gathering, like you're saying your dad's into Bitcoin, but like, I can probably imagine, you know, half the other side of the family's probably like, oh, okay, dude, like, what are you doing in this crypto stuff? You're like, it's just stupid. <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Actually, weirdly, while we're on the topic, this is a totally stolen idea from something I saw on Twitter, but uh, just curious because it is Canadian or it is American Thanksgiving. Sorry. But us Canadians as well celebrated ours a month ago. But I am curious for that person in the family, the cousin or the aunt or uncle or something that says, somebody said you're into those NFTs. What's the first one you try to explain to them just to try to make it so that it's easy surface level that they'll actually understand? What's the first one? Jeez. Um, I mean, I think like top shots, the, the first thing that you mentioned, cause like, otherwise, like, I think that it would like go to like board apes and it goes from two different sections of like, Hey, for top shot, think of like a digital version of card collecting where for like the board apes, it's like, Hey, like there's digital identity, right? Like people care about wearing clothes and how they look in person with us moving online. And I think rapidly due to COVID more than anything else, over the past bit, um, it's like, hey, having that like digital identity, that digital flex, it's something that's is going to matter. Definitely, definitely. And I, I, I would say I, I totally agree on the Top Shot thing. I mean, like, especially since we're seeing it more and more used in like arenas and stuff now and, and, and whatnot, I think it's the most tangible thing that they, people can use. Um, but I also think that like there, the thing that I feel like is the easiest thing to get into things that aren't aren't top shot are the the uh the traits of different nfts i think that's something that like because that's like a minute idea of what rarity can actually be like for an nft without being like but there's also this and this and there's a coin and there's you know there's land and the metaverse and all that kind of stuff where you just be like okay this is really important this specific nft nft is important because there's only 30 of these that have this kind of hat or something like that you know like that's that's my uh uh, handhold, I guess you would say. Well, I think for like the rarity in a way, when you think about it though, is that that's probably one of the most confusing parts to 
like explain for someone that's very like this is stupid i don't like it i think for someone that's kind of like open-minded it, yeah. it's something that works but when you say like hey like you know there's ten thousand of this thing and, I, and there's like you know i'm one out of 30 they're like okay well so what who the hell cares right and then like trying to explain what's well, about the aesthetics and they're like okay so back to my point again who cares it's like well it depends that people know about it there's this and that like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny <laughs> like the the routes that you can take with trying to explain something but it's weird like i feel like i don't really try to explain it for anyone that i know is just like yeah no this is dumb right like there i think there's a barrier where some people try to like bash their head against the wall to explain it but then there's some people that are just it's going to take time and you know real world implications for them to fully understand the power that's within we interrupt today's podcast with a message from our featured sponsor today thrive fantasy thrive fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app and esports app for player props with thrive you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the games Choose 10 out of 20 available player props to build your lineup each day. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the total prize pool. Thrive has over $100,000 guaranteed in prizes for each week and has awarded over $6 million to date. Thrive's featured $40,000 guaranteed contest for Sunday is $20 to enter and first place takes home $10,000. Use promo code TLAPOD when you sign up today and you'll receive a 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. 100% match. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Now back to the podcast. As we're, as we're on the topic of Top Shot, there's been some like mixed emotions over the past few weeks. We had all of those errors where I saw on Twitter, people were making over under bets on how many apologies we were going to get a week sort of thing. But then we also got a whole, there's a whole Q and a team today. I saw that Dearman actually posts on Twitter that he caught. Um, they actually were planning on minting a zero zero serial number, Jordan Clarkson as a Jersey number. And they actually flagged it and retired it before it was released. So the Q and a team's working, but there are kind of still two different camps. You know, I'm a very positive top shotter. So I think we're moving in the right direction. There's plenty of people that don't. Where do you kind of fit in right now, Shiller? Are you thinking that we need to see more changes or do you like the direction it's going? I think that it's a weird spot. And I mean, like everything that I'm doing within the space right now is thanks to top shot. Like that's, that's the place that kind of kicked everything off and like kind of the passion for, you know, figuring out about the space. But I think that going back to like a year ago to now, there's been a lot of different improvements in terms of the site not being down all the time, yada, yada, yada. But with the, the pack queues, the way that they are, where it's still like, you kind of have to sit there and then, you know, set up reminders about going to get your pack instead of just being able to kind of like buy it. And then obviously with some different uh, errors, whether it be like actual technical or then, you know, doing challenges that end up being super negative across the board. Right. Because when you look at NFTs and if you're of the mindset, Hey, like I want utilities for NFTs. I don't really value anything else besides the fact that it's utility, you know, like I was able to go to like the top shop party. We got some food shirts and that was super cool and got to see Quavo. Um, and otherwise like the utilities being able to, you know, do the challenges, 
for the most part. And so it's kind of like just all staying all encompassing within that. And I think over time that can be something that can be, you know, built out a little bit more, but there, there's such a disconnect with how many people that were in early and the amount that they were able to get where there's still a lot of people that are super salty if a bigger account is selling anything. And I feel like there needs to be kind of like a huge flush out because again, people are viewing Top Shot from the perspective of making money where you also have those people who are diehard fans and they don't care, right? Like they're dropping packs for 10 bucks. They're still like selling out and doing all the kind of stuff like that. But I think it depends on like who the collectors are. And for me, I've not really bought Top Shot too much. And I mean, if you're looking at it from the, hey, I think this is going to go up in value, it's probably not something that's going to happen like even this year, especially with the NFL coming out. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I mean, like a lot of the utility, even if I was trying to do the the thing we just talked about, go to my family gathering, talk to my cousin, explain Top Shot. A lot of the utilities, like you said, are encompassing within the actual Top Shot you know, universe as opposed to outside of that. Um, they have, you know, those giveaways and things like that, but a lot of them are lottery draws, right? And so a lot of people don't love the lottery draws and I'm I'm one of those people as well. Like I don't necessarily find that as much as, like as a utility, a utility sorry, as much as I do the, the lottery. But what do you think, John? Um, yeah, a lot of good points. I Because me personally, the thing with me and Top Shot is that like, I will just let Top Shot and my collection just like hang out. And whenever they do something big, that's when I'll come back and I'll like see what's been going on and stuff like that. Um, and with the Splash Challenge stuff, like that was a good way for me to be like, okay, I'll actually do some of these because they have they have done something that's like, we're going to allow you to accrue all of these moments and not, and just, you know, allow you to use them in some sort of way. Again, all encompassing. It's not like you're, you know, doing something outside of the actual uh, a website or whatever, but it was still a way for like me to feel like I was using my, my collection instead of just like holding onto my collection and stuff like that. There is that value to it that, uh, you know, they, I mean, I could see that they're trying to develop that into something bigger and we're seeing like that movement and stuff like that. I'd be more concerned if they were just trying to do a repeat of what, what they were doing last year um, of just like, you know, let's just do, uh, you know, challenges based on whether or not you have like very specific moments uh, and really catering to those who have like these giant collections and not to the newer um, and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I think I think that they have, but they they have to move the needle because like you were saying, NFL is, is coming out. They just announced their... Um, that they have already a name for the what a dumb name what a (laughs) dumb name first we have the issue with like cool cats hustle and show whoever the hell's writing this stuff like it's absolutely ridiculous and i mean even looking at candy like looking at some of their moments for baseball like it's so flashing all this stuff i'm like read the room like who the hell is your audience for some of this stuff like it's just weird like (laughs) it's some like futuristic like kind of fancy I wouldn't even call it fancy like all these names are just bad <laughs> yeah the old day thing i didn't really understand i like i saw the notification when um it came through on discord or something and i read yeah. it and i was like we actually we did a giveaway i did this giveaway like a long time ago and i said if anybody guesses the name we'll give you a top shot moment basically nobody guessed it obviously yeah. so i guess we're not giving a moment out but <laughs> <laughs> but also it's a t- it's not a great name at all like i i it should have been like, I don't know, move the chain, not maybe not move the chains, but something like something actually. I mean, I don't even mind that, but apparently like the, the name, like all day or whatever is like Adrian Peterson's nickname or something. Like I don't follow NFL heavily, but a friend told me that and I was like, well, okay. Like, I mean, it's kind of like, 
whatever but in the same vein it's like it's still a bad name like also like not to go into specifics but i don't know if adrian peterson's nickname is the guy's is the guy that you really want to have i was gonna say necessarily just to (laughs) breeze over the whole conversation of that real quick but oh my god yeah yeah unless they're only selling adrian peterson moments i don't think that it's gonna be a good one uh yeah yeah, no go ahead um yeah we can move (laughs) on to the next (laughs) fair enough (laughs) Yeah, so I actually, we talked a little bit off screen actually about NFT NYC and John and I didn't go and we FOMO'd the whole time. It, yep. was, just, it was like the summer league uh, NBA Top Shot stuff all over again where I just sat, home, sat at home and just kind of did this a lot. Mm-hmm. It was just, just depressed. But you actually went and we would love to hear about your experience and maybe if you have like a specific memory to just like throw out, we'd love to hear it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So before I get into that, curious, what were you guys specifically FOMOing about? Was it just kind of the photos and it looked fun or was there anything that really kind of stood out to you guys? Well, uh, the thing about me is that like, I I really like, like the merch that was going around and stuff like that. It looked like really cool. Um, But also I would see like every like other hour or so, like another, like like random celebrity would just be randomly there and like you wouldn't know like if they were at like the actual party or if they were just in the area um and just like the events that they were going on I mean they it all seemed like it was just one big party that was going on um and just meeting people in real life and uh the the great doxing as it were and uh just meeting everyone for the first time you <laughs> know that name yeah <laughs> yeah that that's that's what interested me but what about you killed yeah I mean like it, same here to be honest like I the people that you see and talk to on Twitter, like 24 seven, basically all of them just a doxing themselves and B just hanging out in New York city, basically just partying it up. Um, like me, I'm a huge like basketball fan so that I'm like big into top shot just as a collector, as opposed to a moneymaker really. And so like that whole aspect of the weekend was really cool for me as, as an observer, but I just wanted to meet all these people that I talked to for eight hours a day on Twitter, basically. So that was part of it for me, I think. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So for a lot of the events, I guess we'll talk about the top shot one first is they had it at terminal five, which uh, was kind of like a spot. You'd never think that there's like a, a venue, like it's a long strip of road and it's just in this big ass building kind of in the middle of nowhere. But I mean, like it's New York and I'm lost. So it probably is secretly in the middle of a city center or something. But anyway, so we got in there and Jacob was actually the doorman for that. So I was able to actually give Jacob a hug, which was kind of funny because I used to do like volunteer refereeing with Top Shot way back in the day when I kind of uh, first started out. But the uh, the event was really cool. They had pizza. They gave everybody two drink tickets. They had a huge pile of T-shirts. It just said like NBA Top Shot this on there. Um, and some of the staff members were the ones like kind of like uh, hosting everything. And so Roz was there. There was like Swaggy P, Broham. They had some other people that were kind of like up on stage. And let me tell you, the crowd was rough. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen those concepts when they're like, and make some noise. Let's try that again. Let's make some noise. <laughs> it was basically that throughout like the whole thing. And it was really, really awkward. Um, just from that sense. I mean, it's not really that awkward, but it was just, you know, like a takeaway of like, hey, okay, wow. <laughs> Nobody's saying anything really uh for it. But the the sessions went well, and then they kind of joked about, you know, the uh, like mishap moments. So Swaggy P was talking about the time that, you know, when he did that shot, looked away on the three and then he missed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like they asked him like, why do NBA players want a top shot moment? 
And you could tell that he was really thrown off from it. So I don't know if like they checked it ahead of time, but like, it's kind of a weird question. Like why, <laughs> why do NBA players want a top shot moment? I don't know. Do they even want one in the first place? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's been kind of mixed signals from some of the players that way, but it's like, ah, cause it's just like, cool. And so from that part, again, it was a little strange, but then we went to the Knicks game after that because Knicks were facing the Raptors funny enough. So being Canadian, that was cool. But then Roham left the friggin' top shop party to go to the Knicks game. It's a court side. So he left his own <laughs> party and I'm shocked. Like, I don't know if nobody noticed that, but like, <laughs> I feel there would have been sup- such uproar if they found out that he left his own party to go to the Knicks game. Um, but like he, uh, he was up there and he was talking about stuff and it wasn't like too lengthy, but like, I mean, like Quavo literally came out at like six 30 or seven, like you think that guy only ever does anything beyond like midnight, but that guy was up there mid afternoon, just vibing <laughs> on stage. So that was cool. Um, but I mean, for some of the other parties and whatnot, like almost everywhere, was significantly overcapacitated or capacity. Sorry, not capacitated. Like the Jenkins, the ballet, if you guys happen to know, they're one of the NFT projects that are writing a story about board apes. They had like this restaurant that was kind of like a specialty taco shop in a way, but it, it was like a full bar. Like it was, it was really, really nice packed to the absolute freaking brim. Like it was like borderline claustrophobic within that. We went to the uh, pixel vault and, uh, Oh, my future proof media party. That one was super busy too, but it was at like a cool establishment. Vogu, they had like the top part of this like fancy bar that they were in. And it was just like, it was crazy because it was mayhem. Like, I, I think people didn't realize how many would flock out for these events. So when we're talking about specific things of like takeaways. Bored Apes totally dropped the ball on how they kind of had things set up. So we went out at, what was it? I want to say like 6 a.m. or something to go line up for these yacht tickets on Sunday. So all of us got there on Saturday. When I mean all of us, I went from a group of people uh, they're like kind of from my discord and we got like really close over so just kind of hanging out, talking NFTs. So it was our first time meeting up and some of those guys kind of have been to New York before and I haven't. So it was cool to do that. But the morning uh, after our first night, we went to go pick up these yacht tickets and there was, I think, like 25-ish people already lined up when we got there at like 7.30 or whatever it was. And people were bringing donuts. They were getting food delivered. Like, it was one of the coolest vibes ever, to be totally honest with you. But then the line started getting bigger and bigger as the day was going by. And holy shit, it was like around the entire building. They were bringing like security out, trying to get us moving out of the way to not block these different businesses. They were bringing out like poles to keep the kind of, you know, like traffic flowing because New York streets aren't too big. But then they were like, hey, we're going to give you guys some wristbands. Come back when it's your time to collect it. It's like okay, well then why the hell did we just sit out here for four hours and get up early on a Sunday morning to wait and come back? So we're all like, okay, whatever. We left and then we came back and the line was even bigger than before, right? Because it's it's just constantly growing. And we're like, okay, we're coming back at our time. Like, how are we doing this? And like, we're just asking people in line, like, hey, is this like the early, you know, check-in or whatever? And they're like, yeah. So like we randomly found like a spot in line that was supposed to be the cutoff, but it wasn't really, you know, said appropriately, like kind of where stuff was and then kind of still wait a little bit. It got 
quicker. We had some guy that like joined. It was like, yo, Schiller, what's up? I have no idea who the hell this guy is. And he's like, small talking to me. He's like, yeah, there was some guy in line that said to like, come find you or whatever. And like, he didn't have like a ticket or a wristband for anything up here, but he was able to get a yacht ticket because he was like the security just let him go through because he was like standing next to us and giving them a story. So I was like, all right, well, from that perspective, these guys are doing it well. And then we get in there and somebody's getting yanked out um, because they fell off a ladder and like broke their leg or ankle in the board ape like uh, wristband dispensary that they had. Um, so I was like, well, that, that sucks for that guy. Um, and then we go in there and there's a whole bunch of like other board apes that are helping uh designed the event in a way and like facilitated so i got to meet a whole bunch of people and again the the great doc scene event <laughs> there was a there was a ton of people that we knew from that and then it was like we got the wristband it's like okay cool let's go it's like all right well we just wasted an entire half of a day waiting in line to get these wristbands and then we did the yacht club party it was friggin' sweet like absolutely amazing lady on the second floor there's a bartender spilling drinks everywhere she was absolutely blazed out of her mind um <laughs> and then like spotty was there so if you guys know like spotty wi-fi so every time he walked by everybody's just screaming i'm spotty everyone was dressed up as apes it was hilarious and it was really good um but then it's like the merch pop-up shops and we're doing this line thing again so we like spend 50 bucks to get across town to where like the merch shop is we wait in line for like an hour we're like okay well this is stupid like we got to go to like the top shot event so then we just left it and they're like hey guys like sorry we've you know like we didn't really like plan for this to happen and yada 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 so i guess they redid it the next day where they had the in-person line but then you could start ordering stuff from the like mobile apps and that was kind of good but again that was still like another two three hours waiting and it was just like honestly half the time in friggin new york we're waiting in line for this board ape stuff and the events were cool like don't get me wrong when we did the ape fest and they had like the strokes cross rock yada yada that was really really cool but god damn i hate waiting in lines and it was like for some that's so technologically advanced how we weren't able to do that i have no idea it it yeah. sounds like you were in NFT Disneyland with no fast passes. <laughs> <laughs> you were you were just waiting in lines half the time. Um, yeah, I don't know why they couldn't do like a you know like give you a email. You just email them and then you're in a queue. Scan like, the phone, bro. Exactly. Like I yeah, don't need I don't something. need the physical. It's fine. Like why not a QR, QR code? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just get a QR code for it. Oh my god, it's 2021. Spans, it's not 1975. Like well, so one of the other things was during the ape ape warehouse uh, event is they had they had like free food inside the building and outside of it. So I mean, like they absolutely took care of us and that was really really awesome of them. But there was some people that were in line and i guess they like recently got vaxxed but it was like not the two-week limit or whatever so like the security was like not letting them go through so they were trying to go to other people assuming that security would forget of who they gave wristbands to saying hey can you cut off your wristband and give it to us so we can get in oh and everyone's like you think that everybody that's out here that potentially drove you know spent like forever in other countries to get into the states travel from who knows what from who knows where are going to give you our vaccinated wristbands because you guys only did it because now you want to go to like the event like it was the craziest thing oh my god yeah that is insane that is that is wild and the waiting in line thing i'm 100 with you i the top shot line waiting thing bugs me a lot of the time and i just sit there all day with my phone open just like 10 feet away from me waiting for it to just 
get in the queue. So I don't blame you. Spending half the time in New York in a line would be crazy. Well, there's no like, I mean, like there is restaurants like later in the yeah. day, but like during like earlier hours or whatever, like if you have to go to the washroom, you have to do anything. Like most stuff like is an opener. You got to go in and pay for it. Like it's just, it, it was, it was long. It was ridiculous, but I mean, it was fun. It was fun. Cause you got to run into a lot of other people that you've never met before. I want yeah. to ask you, I wanted to ask you this Schiller. Uh, was there any like uh, event that you missed because you were waiting in these lines or was it like they had found some dead hours in the, uh, the time? <laughs> um, I don't know if there was anything necessarily we missed. Like again, the one day, the first day that we went to the merch shop, we only waited an hour. Cause I was like, nah, like we got to go. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to wait here for us to, you know, buy merch and then miss everything with like the top shot event, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I, I think like overall there was a few parties that we missed. And I think that's just because a lot of projects decided to do everything on like, I think it was Tuesday and Wednesday. Like I'm pretty sure Thursday, there was like nothing going on Monday. I think there was a decent amount, but not as crazy as you'd think. And like almost nobody actually went to the NFT NYC event. Everybody's got like these special hoodies from it, but like there was so few people that actually went to it because the venue they chose like wasn't even that good. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Was there any particular person that you met for the first time there that is like that is your favorite, maybe not your favorite person that you met, but just like stands out to you? I think that one of the people, because it was just like kind of cool in a way, because I've interviewed him a, a few times, was Spotty Wi-Fi, just because it was like, hey, like we've done a whole bunch of this stuff. Like he's he always uses the crypto punk as hit, covering like his face on stuff. So it was cool seeing that. I also met uh, Captain Trippy. I was walking around to Ape Fest and he's like, Shell. I was like, hello. He's like, Captain Trippy. I was like, sir. So I have an undoxed photo of Captain <laughs> Trippy on my phone. <laughs> and that's so that, for you. That's for you. Yeah, yeah. That was really, really cool. But like, I mean, I also met Potamus, uh, Virtue Not, and VGF all from Pixel Vault um, and G Funk for like half a second too. Um, which is super cool because I, I like everything they're doing on that front of uh, interviewed VGF a whole bunch of times uh, myself. But like, yeah, it was overall, it was a vibe. Like every, everybody was super freaking cool. Yeah, no, that's so awesome. Like we've talked to a couple like notable people that again, like that's one of the reasons that like I was fumbling. Like we talked to Josh on a little while ago. Like I would love to just talk to that guy in person, just like yeah. just pick his brain. Like that guy's a marketing guru in and of itself. We talked to, uh, Steph Sudo as well. Yeah. Like I've talked to Andrew Wang on the phone. He hasn't been on the show, but <laughs> it <laughs> would have been someday. nice to meet him in person. <laughs> Maybe someday we'll tell you yeah. this. We'll tell the world that story. Not today though. Yeah, yeah, but, for sure. Uh, well, it, it's funny with the with the Sudo sisters though, because like when we actually first got into New York, we we took like this subway to get to kind of like the area of where our hotel is. Mm -hmm. Um we were lost. We were walking in circles. Like the phone reception was ass. Like it was not going well. Um, but like we're walking, trying to figure it out. And then like Steph yells out like nice shoes. And I'm like, well, who the hell said that? And I can turn around the pseudo sister and one of their friends and they're like out jogging or whatever. I was like, man, I'm in New York for five seconds. We're already running into people. We know like, what is this? So it, it was a cool start to the week from that, that perspective. Yeah. That's, that's a really cool way to start. So go ahead, John. <laughs> Sorry, no, no, you're good. That's one of those things where it's like, it's almost beneficial if you're already doxxed on Twitter, because like people will recognize you. But like, once you're like, in person, you're like, oh, I'm, 
it's me it's me and they're like i don't know who you are i'm it's me threesis and they're like oh now i know who you are because you know you've never revealed your face or whatever but you know that kind of thing where uh you know they're they're completely recognizable by like the whole community because they just decided to never uh you know go anon with their with their profile picture and stuff yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, you're right. Like in, in NFT NYC, it was definitely a disservice if you uh, weren't doxxed, unless you're like, I want to stay doxxed. But yeah, exactly. I think there's a lot of interactions that potentially got missed out for that. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's fair. Not to pivot from such a fun topic, because again, like I, we could talk all day about NFT NYC. We loved it, even just from home. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was curious. We, I'm a regular listener of, of the podcast that you're on shot to the moon obviously and last week or early the most recent episode as of november 25th which is today you guys talked about the wolf gang or the wolf game sorry and we may not we may have some listeners that don't know about the wolf game so do you mind explaining it and i just kind of want your thoughts long term on the wolf game yeah, for sure. So basically, Wolf Game is a DeFi slash NFT game where there are sheep and there are wolf. If you have wolf or sheep, they both uh, passively yield this wool token. And at any point, I mean, right now, obviously, there's some, uh, it, it's not working the way that it's supposed to. But the idea is that you take the, that wool and you are able to unstake or, sorry, shear your sheep uh, or wolf, even though I don't think it's actually shearing the wolf, but they just use that terminology to get that wool. And then you are able either to use that wool to buy different in game assets. And currently, you can buy a farmer with that wool or you could end up spending that wool to mint another sheep that has a chance of becoming a wolf uh, essentially and it was kind of a game that's a pixelated one that has kind of the reminiscence of hey this is going to be something like farmville potentially uh but ultimately it was just kind of like a passive game where you're able to acquire this token and then spend it and it kind of blew up overnight where we saw it go from like a mint of like 0.069 around there to having the floor for the wolf at like nine ETH and the sheep around four ETH. So quite valuable. They recently did a land sale. Um, If you happen to own a wolf or a sheep prior to that, then you were able to claim a free land. Uh, But otherwise it was a Dutch auction style that started at 0.69 and then went all the way down to about 0.1. But I I think like it sold out right around 0.15-ish. And there was also a bonus of getting 5,000 wool token uh, for people that minted that land. And of course I had to buy some on secondary so I'm going to miss out on that, but then I minted a whole bunch afterwards. And so now it's kind of like just a big speculation of, is this going to be one of the big, you know, uh, play to earn uh, player versus environment games in NFT land? Yeah. I mean, I, I looked into it, obviously I heard about it on the podcast and I had actually heard about it previously, just like the little whispers basically. And so I looked into it and it's such a completely different concept from many of the other games that I've seen basically. And so I know like, like Sean, like uh, on Shot to the Moon, obviously, like he was talking about it as, as like the next step basically in these, in these uh, crypto games, basically, and, and NFT games. And do you kind of fall in that same mindset? 
So I think people are lazy as shit and anything where you don't have to do anything. And like, it's something that's valuable is incredible. Um, a lot of people are touting like, Hey, like there's different people that, you know, shill this and that. And I'm like, there's a lot of people that shill a lot of different stuff. That doesn't mean that that's going to be good and or successful. So there's, there's a lot of people out there right now that are kind of like fudding it or saying, Hey, like this is going to go to zero. And I think that with the game mechanic, they have a lot of the features paused. So the people aren't actually able to share sheep right now. So there's going to be a massive influx of wool when that gets uh, kind of reactivated again, they've come out with another way of uh, curing the wool moving forward. So it's going to be a little bit different than their initial implementation of that. But a lot of people are like, yo, I think like wool is going to go to like five cents or one cent. And if that's the case, I think there's a significant amount of people that are out there that are ready to buy that dip because you don't see an entire week of absolutely insane volatility where you do have some of the assets go all the way up to nine ETH swing back down to four ETH and then back up again, unless you have people that are really genuinely believing in that project. And that's what it takes, right? For a lot of these NFT projects, people look and they say, Hey, like, what is the value proposition? What's this? And it's like, theoretically, the wolf game could have nothing. Like if we didn't have Twitter and people didn't know about this, there'd be probably like five people at most that would ever touch this until they did some kind of like massive marketing thing. Right. Um, so, I mean, I feel relatively bullish on it because it's something that's activated another wave of people, you know, doing games that are like the generating token and whatnot. Um, but it seems like they've, you know, they're, they're pretty smart with being able to get attention, the graphics, the speed of what they're doing stuff, the communication all seems on point for that. So I, I'm relatively bullish on it myself. Yeah. I, and I saw so many notable names just buying into it basically and, and get kind of like exposed for buying into it during the dip and everything like that. Like I think I saw like Gary V, for example, was in there. So Gary V was buying early at like 15.5 when wolves were like four ETH. I was <laughs> like, holy shit. Okay, fam. Yeah. Like he was diving straight into it when it was tanking basically. So I, you know, I, anytime I see something like that where they're buying that dip so aggressively it leads me towards the idea of being a little more bullish, but what do you, what do you think, John? Um, I, yeah. So kind of on that same sentiment in my mind, whenever I see a lot of fudding like that, it's just a response to a massive, massive amount of FOMO in, in my opinion. I think that like, uh, like obviously some of it is warranted because, you know, there, there can be some uh, um, exp uh, expletive like things that you could do with the contract and stuff that, you know, screwed it up. And like, there's a lot of talk about that on Twitter and stuff, but I mean, for the most part, if, if like there's a huge community behind it, that's willing to like buy that dip, then I feel like you can and fully anticipate that wave knowing that like that's going to happen like we like like you said like you you can kind of expect that that's going to happen since no one can do anything with their wool right now like there like there is just a full standstill the the idea that like this is this is the first project to do this sort of thing is, is you know it's not true but like at the same time i think Projects like that use the same sort of like contract and tokenomics, like uh, like Etherhorks and uh, Anonymize. They they did that sort same sort of thing and, and had some massive success with it. But because of the exposure that it's gotten, I feel like it has a much higher ceiling. Um, but it also means that you know there's there's that volatility that you're talking about. There's well, you you bring up a really good point there with saying like, hey, there's Etherhorks, there's Anonymize, and everything else, right? Yeah. They're not the same, mm -hmm. but they're you know. They, they have similar use cases and dynamics. 
why the hell isn't those floors absolutely through the roof either? Right. It's like, again, you can chill stuff, show things, but it's um, about like what people are gravitating towards. And I mean, maybe a bigger thing is like, if you look at orcs, if you look at mice and then you look at animals on farmers, apparently people want to be aligned with the farmers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's really what the flavor of the day is. I mean, like, and, and honestly, how much is, is, is it in the limelight? Because that's kind of like going to reveal really like is the team dedicated to actually give you the things that they are they're promising and stuff like that that's sort of the the, the deal with it being like in a non-dev team and stuff too is like they could easily run off now uh, but because we've given that so much like lime, limelight and stuff like that and uh you know gary v buying in and all that kind of stuff like it it gives them a much I mean, they're still non, so they won't be found out, but it's, it's, an, there's just too many people in on it now where I feel like they can see that there's more that they could, you know, possibly do with the game uh, in a positive way, you know? So I see it, I see it going somewhere. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. And that the last point on that really that I have is that this is like one of those perfect use cases of, um, you can make it, you can put all the effort into a project. You can market a project really well. You can get all the people you want in on it as possible. But at the end of the day, there's still an essence of luck that comes into it yep. and just completely chance, right? Like you could have just as good of a project as somebody else and your project doesn't even sell out. Whereas theirs ends up having this crazy floor or something like that. And I think that's just a use case for literally every NFT, especially the PFPs and stuff that have just become you know, we just have a billion of them now. Chance has to play a factor into those, but that's just my my opinion on that. No, I agree. I agree. And it's interesting to see kind of who does well and then who doesn't, and then who reacts to coming up with an idea that somebody else did, but then them finding success with it where the other one didn't. And the, there's a lot of interesting dynamics. If you're like just staring at Twitter and going into the NFT space as much as you can, that's like, hmm, very interesting. <laughs> You can sit as a bystander, just observe everything that's happening and just critically analyze all of it. And you're like, wait a minute, there isn't actually a pattern here. Who would have guessed, you know, <laughs> like, anyway, uh, we're going to move on to our final segment of the day real quick, which is called the best lowest ask. Um, if you're not familiar with the best lowest ask, basically once a week we go through and pick out an NFT or an NBA top shot moment that is at its current floor is a great deal. Um, do you guys have one picked out already or? Um, I'll let you go first, Shil. Have you got one? I'm trying to think. Like, I, 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 I honestly would have said Sandbox mm -hmm. uh, like two-ish weeks ago. Honestly, there was a huge debate that I was having with some people like in my Discord about, hey, like I'm thinking of trying to get like a three-by-three three, uh, fully attached in Sandbox. And I had some lined up and it was going to be like seven or eight ETH. And I was like, okay, like I'm going to have to sell a lot to get that. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not that liquid. I'm going to have to sell a lot. And then I was like, ah, you know, I probably got time with this fam. Like you're vibing and the floor just rocketed. So I'm like, <laughs> oh shit. Um, and at that same time, and I guess this will be what my pick is for right now, at least I was like, Hey, you know, like there's this Axie land and this is supposed to, you know, it's the number one total volume per day on NFTs for like almost ever, 
right? Like just every single day, Axie Infinity is always at the top. They're coming out with land gameplay. You'd have to assume that it's going to be relatively decent. I think it's sitting around three, maybe four ETH. And like, if Axie continues with that volume, if land game gameplay changes the game a little bit where people don't say, oh, it's, it's, you know, it's boring. I don't like this, yada, yada. They're just doing it because people can make money and da, 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 da. I think that stuff could absolutely rip. So for right now, I would say Axie Infinity, but I might think on this Axie Infinity land, but I might think on this because I know like three ETH is pretty high. Yeah, that's fair. What about you, John? Um, for me, this is a this is a, an NFT that is is on a chain that's not on Ethereum. Um, it's called the Small Brains. I don't know if you guys have heard of this project, but uh, it's it's on like uh, the token they use is, is magic. Um, and it's, it's got like, basically the Genesis to like NFTs are like a male and female, like, like monkey basically. Uh, and you can stake those two um, to like, basically just get passive income on, on like magic and stuff like that. Uh, they did, they did their Genesis drop fit already. And I was lucky enough to get on like the, their whitelist. So I, I, I minted both of mine uh, and it came with a piece of land as well, which was, which was fantastic. And, um, like right now that like magic went all the way up to 0.6. Uh, so like that, that was really nice. And so, uh, but right now, like they're really in like a stage of wanting to develop it more into like its own, chain that they can like put other nfts and stuff like on it already uh, i recommend just checking out the website and like their their staking process because it, it's for what it's worth um it was really easy to just like intuitively do it because i don't do a lot of like uh, nfts that i have to stake and stuff like that but that was really simple so yeah recommend just checking out the website yeah for sure in the description i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll toss in the description there yeah mine is a little more <laughs> vanilla than your guys picks i'm going with an nba top shot moment this week and John and I actually talked about this off camera, and that is the Scotty Barnes debut rookie moment. And the reason why, okay, and so I have a reason why, not just because I'm a Raptor fan. And the reason why is there's actually 35% more of those than they're on the marketplace than there are Evan Mobley rookies right now. And Evan Mobley's injured, obviously, but it was sitting around 375 when he got injured and dropped down to that 300 limit. There's, a, there's, I think it's 40% less now. Evan Mobley's on the marketplace and he's still $10 more expensive than Scotty Barnes. And yet in the current rookie ladder, Scotty Barnes is estimated to, to still win the rookie of the year this year. And he plays on uh, just as competitive of a team with the Raptors as the Cavaliers long-term, obviously. Um, so him sitting, he was at 285. He's sitting at 300. But if there was the same number of them on the marketplace right now, you would see a $370 value on that Scotty Barnes moment. So I think as people finally start to buy in on that and they see that the floor isn't dropping anymore because most of the immediate sales have diminished, basically, I think you'll see that the price is going to start to start to climb again because it should realistically go in lockstep with Mobley because they're so close in the rookie of the year rankings. And to be honest with you, there are far more Raptors fans than Cavaliers fans. Sorry, Cleveland, but that's just true. So I think I think realistically, the floor should probably end up sitting around 400, um, just comparably to even if it's a Series Three. If you lose 25% of value, it it would be 30% less than Anthony Edwards. So that's that's just mine for this week. I wonder um, if you compared because you made me think of that about like 
there is some kind of like bias towards like Canadian teams. And I don't think like a positive way. Like, I think, I think there's a lot of people that are like, Oh, like they're the Canadian team. Right. And I think for like all of Canada, it's like, Hey, yeah, no, shut up. We're vibing over here, dude. Um, but like, if you were going to compare all the teams, like how does Toronto, like, let's just say like total buys or like total spent on Toronto Raptors moments, like, is it in the bottom half? So that's a good question. And that's actually something I've thought about too. I've never done it. So maybe I'll have to do that this week, but to, for what it's worth right now, the NBA teams, if you look at their Twitter followers, if that's any kind of barometer for any of this stuff, the Toronto Raptors have the second highest amount of follows of any team in the NBA. They have more than the Knicks, more than the Celtics. They're only less than the Lakers. So I think because you have an entire country behind you, I think there's a lot, but you're totally right. There is this anti Canadian team bias a lot of the time with the Raptors, um, especially because we don't get like, I don't know how many Raptors games you've seen this year, John, like, um, I've right. seen, I saw when, uh, I've seen a few, I haven't seen a full game of them yet. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, for me at least, well, I mean, for Bay area, you know, we're not going to like you guys for a little bit, just, just to be honest. Um, but, um, the, I, we, I like you now more because Kawhi's not there anymore. Yeah. Um, but, but still, you know, I feel like that, that is, that is going to be a thing for a while, but I mean, you know, I, I, I think Toronto and like the Raptors, like they've had a good franchise for a really long time. Like they're just, they are a likable team. Um, it's just that they're the only team in Canada and stuff like that. So, and the only team outside of the U S too. So True. I will take it back. Actually, these Celtics technically have more followers than, uh, than the Raptors. Do. So Celtics and Lakers do, hmm. but that's it. Um, but this is the part in the show where our guest down here gets to, this is very fitting you get to show whatever you want now you get to give us two minutes of shilling whatever you want whether it's a show whatever um uninterrupted go ahead yo shilling whatever i want okay so i think a lot of people are in the space and you're like hey listen i we, we want to do well right like we want to be able to buy whatever we want whenever we want we need to go to wendy's whenever the hell we want we go to mcdonald's whenever we want we want to go to subway how do we want to eat healthy all right we're gonna be able to uh get into that so not financial advice or anything but one uh cryptocurrency out there that i think you guys should be taking a look at is something called bridge mutual it's a decentralized uh kind of uh, ecosystem protocol we'll call it that is offering insurance on your crypto and they are going to have every crypto imaginable on there so think of you know solana they're doing an integration soon with there think of your ethereum think of any other token you can imagine over time they want to have everything and it's decentralized so that means there is no kyc needed for that and in time they are i believe going to be put on like actual exchanges instead of just those decentralized ones now with that said, they have that partnership with uh, Solana or at least bridging over there. And I think there's like $2 billion locked in Solana right now and they have zero insurance protocols whatsoever. So that's about to be implemented. If you look at crypto as a whole and saying, hey, we need this space to get legitimized, I think insurance is a huge case that that's going to happen. And th- the fact that there's really nothing out there. And if I said, hey guys, can you name a crypto insurance? I think everybody would completely draw a blank. Now, 
the one that's out there right now is called Nexus Mutual, but that one, again, you can only do stuff like with on their platform, yada, yada, yada. And that token is sitting at like 120 plus dollars and Bridge Mutual right now is trading below 80 cents. It was all the way down to 20 cents and then rocketed up to 76 in the past like a week or so. So it's already kind of seen gains. And when we're looking at the entire marketplace right now, I think that NFTs are going to take a little bit of a dip because alt season is going to really, really kick things off. The final thing that'll make you think about with Bridge Mutual is they are going to allow different protocols and sites to encompass a widget on their website. So if you've ever used SushiSwap, Uniswap, trying to change ETH to anything else, can you imagine if you were doing that and on the top right corner, there was a BMI insurance pool where, hey, I'm going to buy a whole bunch of this wool token for this wolf game. And I am nervous in case there was another exploit within that protocol, you end up buying that insurance from that widget on SushiSwap and now BMI gets somebody that's a new customer. And also for SushiSwap, they've made a partnership with Bridge to actually get a part of those fees back. So they're incentivized to sell you insurance. And I think this is going to end up being something that's kind of business to business as well as selling to the casual user. And I think the opportunities are completely endless with it. Yeah, 100%. Also, not to not to shill for you, but check out Shot to the Moon if you don't. I'm a, con- a constant listener of that show. So. Hell yeah, dude! Yo, I listen. <laughs> listen, we we can jump into that too. Like, because I think like people want like the hardcore substance of something that's different that they wouldn't have heard of. But yeah. with Shot to the Moon, one thing that we are doing is basically a living story. So we are wanting to create experiences where you're going to be able to have them kind of in person, as well as the metaverse. We have the sandbox land and plot already completely built out with that. We're doing different artist collaborations and within our discord, we're wanting to add different utilities and tools to that. So recently we just added an NFT calendar. So we've hired a service that was currently only available on rarity sniper. And they give a list of 20 to 30 NFT drops per day across multiple different blockchains. So if you wake up in the morning, you're like, Hey, I want to find out what I could potentially mint today. You're able to go to that run through everything. You'll see the website, how many is in their discord, how many is on their Twitter. Um, We do different talks throughout the week. So Sean is a huge player within the daily fantasy sports realm. So he comes on, talks about top shot talks about uh, football when we get there um, as well with dapper labs and then the other part of the segment is i bring in special guests which are from people from different sectors uh, whether it be crypto experts nft experts dow experts yada yada to give you guys a little kind of extra insight for that so not only do we have kind of like this living story with your you know we'll call it gen general kind of like nft things that are happening but also we're wanting to provide a lot of value from information context etc etc we're also uh, currently working on building out a new website that's going to add some extra utility to the space pass holders itself. Uh, and we do have the Roscoe and friends, otherwise known as Felix Schaefer. Uh, he's doing something that's super, super cool with us uh, for one of the artist collab drops. And I can't wait till that comes out. That's terrific. And while you're on the topic of daily fantasy sports as well, we just want to mention a uh, big thank you to our title sponsor for the show, actually, which is Thrive Fantasy. Uh, you can come prop up on Thrive Fantasy for this football season. The remainder of the season, Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. Uh, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact. Choose 10 out of 20 available player props to build your lineup every week. And each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points. Win a share of the total prize pool. 
there's over $100,000 guaranteed every single week. And Thrive Total has already given out over $6 million in payouts. Thrive's featured $40,000 guaranteed uh, contest for this Sunday is $20 to enter and first place takes home $10,000. Uh, use promo code TLAPOD when you sign up today. You get 100% off uh, your first instant deposit. They'll match it up to $100, 100% match. It's terrific. Uh, thank you to Thrive Fantasy. Go ahead and download the app uh, and let us know. Otherwise, John, take it away, my friend. Awesome. Thank you so much, Schiller, for joining us today. You are an amazing, amazing uh, addition to the podcast. Um, thank you so much. Uh, and for y'all at home listening or watching, whether you are a doodle, an ape, or a wolf, you are always family here as long as you buy in at the lowest ask. We'll see you next time.